took forever, forever for me to get this computer to log in. I don't know what happened. I think Harry was like, maybe you got to upgrade Zoom. I did all that. I was ready. I even got on this thing last night just to give myself some, some, you know, because I know how temperamental it can be. Anyway, <laughs> New Year, same shenanigans. I need real good high-speed internet, Harry. How can we make that happen? Good morning. Happy New Year, Harry. I come in complaining. Happy New Year, Babs. Um, can you hear me? Yes, I um, hear you and see you loud and clear. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, you do need high-speed internet, but that wasn't the problem with your Zoom. Zoom was just... Uh, acting like Zoom? Acting like Zoom in the new year because a lot of it is... They forced you to do updates. But, I don't uh, got no problem with that. If they just like say that, it, it goes not responding, not responding. <laughs> I turned off my computer, rebooted it the whole nine. But uh, yeah, so I just, if you can see this, Babs, look, I just cut my finger. I'm bleeding all over the place. Why? <laughs> look at it. doing i'm over here building something and the screwdriver slipped and took a chunk from the top of my finger you need to go to the er like what <laughs> i hope not no. <laughs> that's a lot me. of harry that's a lot of blood <laughs> don't be in there trying to... <laughs> if i pass out you know <laughs> But no, I no. think you I, take blood, sweat, and tears to a whole new level. I gotta go next door to the lawyer to see if they have band-aids. Oh, stuff. are you in New Haven? Yeah, I'm in New Haven. Oh, yeah. What y'all don't have a first aid kit in the office? We don't. Well, I looked for it. I got a Layla just came in, so I'll ask her if we have one. I couldn't find it. Um, but <laughs> yeah. So, how's your new year doing, Babs? Harry, I bought new sneakers. There you go. I've been walking every day. I'm on it now, Harry. Like you know how we always say, once you get once you get into it, you into it. So I'm into it now. Like I'm like, all right. Well, yeah, I I've just been in pain all all, the, all break because um if you remember before before I left to Florida when my brother passed. Um, the elevator was broken here, yeah, right? Yeah. So that day when I took the elevator, my hip, everything started hurting from that one climb up the stairs or up and down the stairs. Um, and then I went straight to Florida. And I had to do all that walking in Florida, up and down the to the hospital and everything. I hadn't recovered yet. My my leg is just shot right now. But what so, are you doing for it? It's supposed to be just rest, but and I I rested the the week off. I rested, but it's still it's just killing me right now. So it's just recovery mode right now. Trying to recover. Trying not to do exercise, which is killing me because it was part of my routine. Well, um, you gotta you do you need to go see somebody? Yeah, well, I have my 
general appointment um, next week, Wednesday. So I'll see my doctor. And off of that, we'll do all the referrals and stuff for the, you know, she'll send me to the orthopedic and all that stuff. Okay. Okay. But okay. yeah, oh my God, I've been in pain. But anyway, Bess, I'll be back. I'm going to go and find a Band-Aid because it's still bleeding. <laughs> All right. To, to order a, um, make sure you order a first aid kit for the office, please. I know. But you got to be going out there begging Billy. There should be one readily available, like right where everybody knows where it's at here. But who knows? Now, if Norma's listening to this and we do have one, she's going to scream at me when she comes in. I know. She'll be like, Dross. <laughs> yeah exactly because they don't know my name so they, they have to say droves all the time droves you know you know where it is <laughs> under that all desk right. all right so, I'll be back. all right well while harry is going to get medical attention <laughs> oh it is good to be back in the big chair we i'm babs rose ivy welcome to love babs love talk you know we've been out since before christmas and I took an extra day because, uh, you know, I'm extra. So it is good to be back. I was up early this morning. I was ready. And then, you know, my computer was like, well, I'm not ready. So I had a good Christmas. It was great. You know, I got to spend it with my friends. My children are healthy. They're all in various stages of, you know, trying to, trying to do their life. and all of that. Um, I uh, officiated a wedding, um, Dawn Leakes and Alan Ragsdale, which was an Ife was my date. Beautiful, beautiful out there at the Waterview. Uh, met folks out there. Um, and uh, it really was uh, a good time. It was a good time. Uh, let's see who else? I met Darlene Gates um, Savage. Uh, at the wedding she listens to us thank you Darlene for coming up and introducing he was looking fabulous and uh, I'm so glad um, that I had a chance to meet you know we didn't get a chance to take a photo together because we was jamming it was a good night it was a good night a good night and uh, Dawn Leakes is a Sora I'm sorry Dawn Leakes Ragsdale is a Sora so she got married so I was very happy uh shout out to uh my Sora uh Shania Gatson who who got ma- got engaged one day and married the next. Shout out to her um and her boo. They got married over the weekend, over the last yes, over the weekend. Um New Year's, we did what we normally do. We gathered and uh made vision boards this year, and uh I put mine on a frame. Here it is. You know, just uh, uh, I got the the map of uh, Rwanda Kigali in the background, and then you know, just done up all the things that I like. So that um, I bought some new sneakers. I did that for the new year. I've worn them. Take taking the Tina's for a walk. Uh, it's been nice. The weather has been phenomenal i think it's like 60 degrees today so i'm gonna get back into it so it's been nice i've uh you know so many so many irons in the fire i don't even know Anru is here tomorrow because you know i have to start the year off you know 
clocking my Orishas. You know, I got to check in with the ancestors. So Anru is here tomorrow. Uh, Friday, I am going to participate in a, uh, uh, they're making a film about the opioid uh, crises. And uh, they're having a focus group. And I'm going to be part of that on Thursday. I believe it's Thursday. So I have to jump off air and get over there really quickly. <laughs> I think it's, no, it's not Thursday, it's Friday. So Friday, silence on the streets. So I'm going to be working on that. So I'm going to get over there and uh, and be ready for that. Uh, so it's all the things. So yeah, Christmas was really, really good. Uh, I spent Christmas Eve into Christmas Day with uh, Andrew and his family. It was lovely. We had a wonderful time. Um, and then. Uh, Came back into town and went over to uh, uh, Annie's house in Wallingford. Uh, she is, I know her through Kay. She's a, a, a Caribbean sister. So that was fun. So it's been a, it's been a whirlwind, but I think, I think I need to, <laughs> I think at some point I'm going to have to slow it down considerably because I've got a lot of irons in the fire, which is, how I like to roll. So anyway, I, I'm staying on top of, uh, oh yeah, we had dinner at uh, at Christmas dinner last week, last Wednesday at Jackie Buster's house, which is always, always a good time. I had cocktails with Dr. Desir, um and uh, Kathy Graves. That was a hoot. <laughs> I've been to a party every night uh last week leading up to new year's i've been to a party every single night i went to susan clinton's house and uh hung out with her and tabisa kim weston kim's wife laura uh and a uh and another sister who plays the violin who is incredible so we hung i hung out there dinner drinking uh and merriment and susan clinton uh gifted me a piece of sculpture can you believe that? A beautiful, beautiful, beautiful woman in a boat. And she's brown. <laughs> I think Susan Clinton has a thing for black, black and brown people. She is, she has an affinity for us because she captures us beautifully. Um, I mean, she really, really does. So uh, so I did that. Holy cow, I was out every doggone day and I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed it. And then um, uh, Friday was the wedding. And then Saturday, I was at uh, Saturday, I was at E-Phase. And then uh, I think we went back over on New Year's Day, you know, do some more uh, um, manifesting and, and vision boarding. You know, so it was her and uh, um Alicia from Bloom and her beautiful daughter Sienna. We just had a we just had a time drinking good wine and eating good food. Uh, Yvette does a great job. <laughs> so, you know, it's been a week. It has been an amazing, amazing week. So I come back. So now I'm ready to work. Ready, I'm ready to get back into it. And uh, so yesterday, uh, uh, Monday was my my oldest daughter's birthday. She's 26, Brianna. She turned 26, which is an amazing thing to see your children become adults. Uh, let's see. And then uh, yesterday, 
I had to run up to Monroe and deliver the marriage license. And um, it was a, it was a, it was a drive. Let me tell you, it's pretty up there. I don't think I want to live up there, but it's very, very pretty. So I dropped off the marriage license and here we are uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. So, so happy new year, 2023. This is the year I turned 60. Woo! -hoo -hoo. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm not one of these people lamenting getting older. I, every day I scratch and crawl to the next age. I'm, I'm good. So I started, you know, Harry and I have been talking about our health and Harry started his way, his journey, his health journey. So he's like 80 pounds down. So he's way ahead of me. But you know, when I was, when I was working on my losing the weight for the hip, I was way ahead of him. So now the rules have reversed, but I'm on it now. So I've, I've already put, uh, I put in uh, three days since New Year's and uh, I'm going to keep this going because uh, I, I, I got some goals that I want to hit. No, no big whoop. I'm just, I told you, all I'm trying to do is add time to the life. <laughs> and you know how you add time to the life? You get your butt moving, change your diet a little bit, get your butt out there walking and moving and stretching and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, and the body has memory. My body remembers that it's an athlete because I, by, by yesterday when I was walking, I was like, oh, okay, I see you body. I was walking faster than I realized. I was like, whoa, Nelly. And then I was like, I don't have anything to be afraid of. I could, the Tina's are pretty steady. Although I did fall last night in, the, in my laundry room. I don't know. I don't know how I do. You know, that's one of my that's one of my big fears that I will fall and won't be able to get back up and die right there. <laughs> but I will say this: the will to live is strong in this one. The force is strong with this one. The fourth force is strong with this one. I'm here to tell you. So I got up. My youngest daughter Margot heard me fall. She came running. <laughs> I think she was freaked out. And then when she, she saw that I was laughing, she was like, okay, mom's all right. Nothing is broken. Nothing. So, so, so that's another thing. Another, another goal is to work on getting up off the floor. I'm not there yet. I did get up with some assistance, but I want to be, I want to go back to being able to get the hell off the floor to get off the floor. So, so anyway, uh, they're swearing in everybody in Connecticut today. Gary Winfield, the governor, whoever else had races. So congratulations to all the people who are being sworn in today for their new terms, um, continued terms, all of that. So it's a good thing. I I, I know Hakeem Jeff, Jeff, Jeffries is like, hey, there's some BS. Meanwhile, Kevin McCarthy, I guess he's going to, Go back to the early when when was they somebody somebody held it up speaker of the house for like 18 elections <laughs> but i thought they put checks and balances in since the 1900s <laughs> i guess he tried to go old school i'm like kevin they don't want you <laughs> i every time i see kevin mccarthy Try to win that seat. Try to get that speaker seat. I keep thinking of Will Smith in the the uh, the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air episode, where his father comes to town 
and his father like makes all these promises to him and then his father like skips out and he and he says to um phil who was his uncle uncle phil he said why don't he want me <laughs> kevin they don't want you man. kevin mccarthy kevin mccarthy has no shame i think if they said strip down on a get up on a table and dance let me see what you got i think he would do it <laughs> That's a man who, who who has, he sold his soul such a long time ago that he don't got no chips to bargain with. It's a, it's a damn shame when you the devil and you don't got no bargaining chips. <laughs> As you just all willy-nilly handed them out, you done sold your soul over a period of time. Now you don't, you don't got nothing left. So I guess they're trying to, and they can't see anybody until they get their speaker. And I'm with Hakeem Jeffries. It's not my job to help y'all pick a speaker. I'm not doing it. Now, the, the, the prevailing thought is, all right, well, let me go over there and see who I can break camp with over there in that Republican Party with some sense that maybe I could work with and then cut a deal and say, yo, I, we got, we'll vote, we'll do, we got you if you do this, 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 and that, and y'all get together and they could vote on this. I, if I'm if I'm Hakeem, I'm going to sit right there and smoke a cigar, wait till these fools cancel each other out. And listen, you know, here's my, here's my advice to you uh, Republicans. Y'all seen the movie uh, Mad Max with Tina Turner, where she said, one man enter, one man leave. The, the Thunderdome. <laughs> they need to have a Thunderdome moment. One man enter, one man leave. That's <laughs> that's it. I think that's how they have to settle this. I think they gotta go. Like they gotta go to Thunderdome. I, I don't know what else to tell them. Thunderdome, just you know, Fight Club. Something. Go in the basement, grease up, take your shirts off, get into it. That that's the only way I can see this working. <laughs> It's just a basement at the bottom of Congress. <laughs> some basement, right? With a ring, some oil. Get in the ring. See who survives. Fight Club. You know the rule of Fight Club. Talk about Fight Club. I'm just saying. <laughs> they want to settle it, you know. And I'm, I, I'm, 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 I'm not into duels. It's sloppy and messy. I want to see people. Uh, you know, duke it out, get in the ring. That's a good fundraiser too. See who could survive. Kevin McCarthy, I don't know. And that gets that gets guy. You know the one who like young, young, young teenage girls. <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't know they was teenagers. Yes, you did. <laughs> and you transport them across state lines. I think that's called trafficking, but. I'll leave it to the I'll leave it to the to the to the authorities to deal with sort through that foolishness. Holy cow, holy cow, holy cow. So anyway, um they better not steal this from Jeffries. I, but they can't. I don't know how they can. So word on the street to be back in the next hour. Cause you know, Paul. <laughs> Paul's doing word on the street, and he'll be back in the next hour. And it'll be the first word of the street in the new year. And it's pretty warm out, so you probably you'll probably see more people than you normally would 
on this warm day. I can't wait to get into it. You know, and, and okay, it's a more political. So George Santos, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't understand any. I don't understand any of his foolishness, and it it got so bad. He's leaving. Uh, he's leaving the chambers yesterday, or wherever he's. Yeah, he's leaving the chambers, and the reporters throwing questions. And then somebody said, "Hey, is George Santos even your real name?" He's gonna, you know, he's gonna have to step down. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna be ridiculed like that every minute of every moment. He, he's gonna be question about the truth of anything that he brokers brings up talks about i mean I, you know he lied about where he went to school he lied about jobs i mean how do you how do you get this far on a bed of lies like that oh i know <laughs> oh that is too funny, too too funny, too funny. I I don't I don't know what to. I don't know what else to say. I just don't. I am at a loss. These folks are just into it, and I'm 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 here for it. I I actually want to see the Republican Party implode. You know, they eat their own. We'll see it. I, I don't know what else to say. I'm gonna I'm I'm stay on top of this. I went to bed last night. I was watching, I was watching all the uh, MSNBC commentators talk about what happened because you know Kevin McCarthy had he called a vote for three times, and I I don't know the strategy. Of, I was gonna wait them out. They're gonna be tired, and they're just gonna say I'm gonna vote for him so he can get out of this room. I think I know that strategy probably works on Survivor. I don't know if it works in the congressional hub. I, I, I. But we shall see. We shall see, cause I, I'm at a loss. They just crack me up. They just got a whole, whole vibe. And uh, and if that's the strategy, strategy, I, God help them. You know, I, I will say this, the GOP, when they get stuck on stupid, they live there. <laughs> they don't got no problem living. They're like, die on a hill. Hell, we'll die on a sidewalk. <laughs> we don't need no hill. <laughs> we'll die on a sidewalk. We'll die in a hallway. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. So I, everybody's watching this, and it's it's got to be humiliating for him. I, I mean, I, I kind of feel bad for him, and by bad I mean I don't. So there's that part, you know. And 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 they got they got a party, you know. It's like a ship of fools, right? And I'm watching that performative tape, Green Woman. You know, she's just a reality show performer. Not not very good, not very convincing, but you know she she stays on message with her base. You know she she plays a stupid card, and, and I don't even know if she's playing stupid as much as she is stupid, and so she doesn't care about the truth. You know what I mean? Like some people you some people you see in that arena, 
You know they know better. You know it. Her, I, I don't think there's a know anything about anything to know better or read, right or wrong. Or I, I don't think there's no no floor with her. You know, she's she's she's. You know, I I can't even say crazy. She's just the epitome of white supremacy. You know, that level of stupidity that is um, painful and scary at the same time. You know, I, I think about this all the time. I had no idea, and maybe this is my own naivete, that there was that, that many, there's that many stupid people in the United States. I, I don't know why I didn't know this. And I just, I'm astonished that I'm astonished by that. <laughs> I think that's really what it is, that I'm shocked that I'm shocked by that. <laughs> and, I, and I know people are like, oh, you can't call people stupid. No, I call a thing a thing. These people are stupid. And these anti-vaxxers, these world are flat, I, they're just stupid. And there's no, I can't make no way for that. I can't make no space for that. I can't. I'm, I won't. I just won't. <laughs> and, you know, it's like the emperor has no clothes. And everybody's like, oh, yes, he does. And I'm like, but he's naked. No, he's not. <laughs> That's how I feel about the Republican Party. They're all naked. And they're constantly saying, oh, no, we're wearing the finest of finest cloth. No, you're not. You're naked. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. This is American-made cloth. We're in the finest of cloth. Don't you see how, how fine we look? And then there, I guess the people who followed them were like, can't you see? They're wearing the finest of finest cloth. And we're all like, those of us who are Democrats, and, and especially us who are liberal, like, what the hell's wrong with y'all? <laughs> you're naked. I don't care how many times you say, we're wearing the finest of the finest cloths. You're naked. That's how I feel. That's how I see them. I see them. I see them like that. So anyway, uh, let me let me move away from politics and uh, and move on to Damar uh, Hamlin, who is in still in critical condition uh, from the from the uh, cardiac arrest that he went into. Uh, while he was on the field um, playing football. And, uh, and everybody's got opinions. First of all, I, I don't got, I have no bandwidth for the anti-vaxxers and their commentary on this. I, again, stupid, stupid, stupid. So I, I'm going to leave that alone. The, the second part is um, he's such a young man. Uh, I'm holding him and his family in prayer. Uh, football is a very violent, dangerous game. And I don't know why people act as though it's golf. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why people act like it's golf. It's not. So it's not golf. It's football. And it's brutal. And it's dangerous. And it's violent. You know, it is. It's all those things. So, 
okay. Um, Harry, Paul is uh has somebody and he's trying to get her on. Do you have you have a um a link for him? I don't know. I, I think this might do it. That's the one that that's the, Paul, that's the one that Harry sent me. But I didn't need it because that was from my phone, but I got it on my desktop. So anyway, uh my heart and prayers are with the Hamlin uh family because I, I can't imagine. I, I I did not allow my sons to play football. And they kind of wanted to, and I was like, no. Was like, mm. They are they was already challenging enough. I didn't need to add football to the mix. You know, I I didn't encourage it. I actually for forbid it. So I actually for forbade it. And uh and uh so that's why my sons didn't play football. I let them play basketball, let them play baseball, softball. I even let them play soccer. I didn't let them play football. Um because I just I know it's a dangerous sport and and I, I do not trust the NFL to do right by athletes at this level. I don't. I think money is always the prevailing this decider of things in professional sports, that money is the absolute decider. And uh and and I, I'm not convinced that they have the best interest of players. And and I and I say that for their physicality. And I say that for uh, um, um, civil rights. I say it for racism. I say it for white supremacy. I I don't. And I know there are fans out there, and I used to be a fan, too. Uh, I don't care for football anymore. Uh, I tell you, for me, it was, it took um, Colin Kaepernick to really, to really sort of uh, give me pause. And so a lot of people will say, and I get this, um, that, you know, we cannot deny this particular, these, these young men who play this sport, the opportunity to earn this kind of money, because there's no other industry where they can earn this kind of money. There's none. And and that's the truth, you know. And so, uh, so we can't begrudge it. All we could do is make sure that they're in the best possible shape and they get in, they get out. Do you know what I mean? Like you get in, you make your money and you get out uh, and you set yourself up. You know, you give yourself a, a a window of time to play and then you remove yourself once you, you know. The problem is, is that so much poor financial mismanagement of personal incomes of these athletes that they stay longer than they should. And, uh, and uh, and the and there's something to be said for the accolades of the game, and the fandom, and and the and the gravitas of being recognized, and you know all the superficial things. Uh, and then you know, and if they don't have a, a foundation in terms of what they're going to do after they play the game, uh, I mean, there's a there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of levels to this, you know. So. So, so I'm not suggesting that football should not be played. I'm, that's that's not what I'm saying. I think what I'm saying is that we have to demand uh, 
we have to demand the absolute best protection of the sport for these athletes and minimize risk to their health. That, that's what I'm saying. But money is the prevailing. Money is always prevailing and uh, problematic. So, so anyway, that, that's, my, that's my thinking on that. Um, people will challenge it, fine. So I'm waiting for word on the street. I believe, I think Paul found somebody. I love the way he says that. I found somebody. Who would you find, Paul? <laughs> what, who are you looking for? <laughs> and whoever is trying to call me, you cannot call me while I'm on air. I know you hear me talking, but you cannot call me on air. Oh, let me shout out the new year to the uh, Public Works Department. High five, New Haven Public Works. Uh, okay, so uh, Paul's back on the hunt. The guy said no. It's such a nice day out there, Paul. You should be able to find somebody on this nice, warm Wednesday. Warm Wednesday. Got to be somebody. I'm sure of it. <laughs> I'm sure of it. <laughs> I, I believe in you. I believe in you, Paul. I believe in you. So, you know, we go on break <coughs> at 10 o'clock. Ooh, <coughs> excuse me, y'all. So I have this little bit of an asthma thing happening that's been going on for about a month. And it's annoying. So I got some new meds, which I got to go pick up um, the refill. Ugh, it's driving me nuts, you know. But, you know, that's, a, that's what it is. Well, it is what it is. It is what it is. So anyway, uh, uh, so that's where that's where I'm at. Uh, um, I think I might try to catch some of the Women World Cup. I think I think that's I think that's coming up. No, I, I got soccer fever now. So now I guess I gotta I gotta pick a team and follow a team. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to some of my soccer people. Who do you like? Because you know me, I'll just pick the team that got the most black people on it and go with that. I think that's I think that's just what I'm going to do. <laughs> I feel like, oh, Italy? Okay, I'm with you, Italy. You got all the black players? Okay. Okay, ciao, Bela. That's where I'm going to go with that. <laughs> you know, that's that's where I'm I'm rolling with that. Rolling with that. Um, let's see. Oh, I finished the Wednesday series, Wednesday Adams. I finished that series. And then, uh, uh, oh my God. So I watched, I watched the three quirky, crazy movies over the last couple of days. I watched, um, I watched Eddie Murphy in a thousand words, which is he loses his ability to, to, uh, he has, it's a, it's a, it's a story of, someone who talks a lot and then loses his ability to talk because the leaves on a tree fall off and he's got to get the lesson of life. It was really good. <laughs> and Carrie Washington as his wife, it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, and then I watched Anne Hathaway in Colossus, which was this crazy, I, I, I was glued to it. And, uh, 
I, I let me see. Let me see if I could if I could find it. Cause it was it was just uh it was just the craziest movie. But I, I watched it and uh let's see. Oh no, that's not it. Oh god, I don't know where it is. Uh that's gonna be make me mad because I, I so enjoyed it. I thought I pulled it up. Um but uh but anyway I had Anne Hathaway. So I watched that and I was blown away by that. I've been watching these quirky little crazy movies and uh that I didn't know existed. Colossal is colossal. So uh, Colossal is about Anne Hathaway as Gloria is an out of work party girl who leaves New York and moves back to her hometown after getting kicked out of her apartment by her boyfriend. And when news reports surface that a giant creature is destroying Seoul, Korea, South Korea, <laughs> this, see, this is when I think Hollywood is at its best when they do this foolishness. Uh, Gloria gradually comes to the realization that she is somehow connected to this far off phenomena. As events begin to spiral out of control, she must figure out why her seemingly insignificant existence is having such a colossal effect on the fate of the world. So it's it's a it's a it's a weird like a Godzilla kind of thing. Like she's a monster in Seoul, Korea that doesn't want to be a monster. It's a whole vibe. I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's good. <laughs> It is so I I loved it. So it's got Anne Hathaway, Jason Sudakis, Dan Stevens, Austin Stoll, Tim Blake, uh, Tim Blake Nelson. I mean, it was just good. It really was good. Uh, and this film came out in 2016. If you if you want some quirky, interesting thing to watch, you'll be pleasantly surprised by how crazy it is and how good it is. So I I'm I'm here for it. I'm so here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, what is going on? So I watched that. I watched Eddie Murphy and uh 1000 Words. And I watched something else that was flipping me out a little bit too. And uh and I just loved it. So all these little quirky movies that I would I would not go see anywhere. But if you got HBO or or Netflix or any of those things, you can find all these little quirky movies that sort of, and they all have a message of some sort. Like they're not just stupid for stupid sake. I mean, not stupid. They're not just quirky for quirky sake. That there is an under under there's a, a undercurrent message of humanity, which I, I found quite refreshing. I still haven't seen Wakanda Black Panther yet. Ah. Oh. I hope it's still at the movies. I, I just, you know. Oh, I know. I saw Knives Out, which was so good. Knives Out, the glass onion. Holy cow. To see Jonelle Monet run through this movie, that's worth everything. <laughs> she is just running through this movie. <laughs> and And great outfits, I must say. I must say. So I enjoyed that. If you've not seen... Um, 
the last onion, you are really missing it. So, and if you're feeling, if you're feeling like you want like a, a two-parter, watch the, the first Knives Out. Uh, I think you will enjoy it. It was such a good movie. But, and, and The Glass Onion does not disappoint. It doesn't. It's quirky. It's funny. You should see it. See it. Just get some popcorn or, or cucumbers, whatever your snack is, and see it. So we're going to take a break uh, at the top of the hour. Uh, I've got a PSA that I need to read that I, I said that I would read. Uh, and let me get to it right now before we go to break, um, because I don't want to miss. Uh, I don't want to miss it. This is a PSA for uh, for uh, uh, this public this public service announcement is being sponsored by the Waterbury, Connecticut chapter of the Lynx Incorporated. Um, January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Do you know someone who is a victim of human trafficking? Human trafficking is a form of modern day slavery with illegal smuggling and trading of people for forced labor and or sexual and physical abuse. This is a worldwide problem as well as in our beautiful state of Connecticut. Traffickers target people, both boys and girls, who are vulnerable to promises of a better life and enforcing them and then enforcing them to live and work in unfair and abusive conditions. Many traffickers are well-known, living near us and promising and convincing young people and families that their children will have a better life in a new place. Under the United States federal and Connecticut state laws, human trafficking is a crime. Let's work together to protect our children against these horrific crimes. If you are a victim or know someone who is a victim of human trafficking, or if you would like to learn more about this serious issue in our society, please contact Love 146 at 203-772-4420. That's 203-772-4420. We need your help. And thank you to the Connecticut, uh, to the Waterbury, Connecticut chapter of the Lynx for uh, bringing this awareness and keeping it in the forefront. So I'm gonna, re I'm gonna say this PSA every damn day in January uh, until we uh, help eradicate it, or at the very least raise awareness about human trafficking right here in our state, in our city. All right, so uh, I'll take a break and uh, Harry's gonna do the call letters and some PSAs or whatever it is with some music and, uh, and I'll be back. Thanks, Harry. Listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org.
distant shores I've been waiting wanting more for the whole night and it ain't right I've been saying what's on my mind trying to explain what can't be defined and for so long it's been so strong suddenly it's clear now that I can 
Paul, you have somebody? I can't hear you. How you doing this morning, Babs? Happy New Bye. Year. Happy New Year. We have Officer Ashley McKernan, who while you and I were sleeping, or I was trying to sleep, <laughs> she's been like patrolling our uh, the web district. Good morning, Officer McKernan. That's Babs Rolls Ivy. She's the host of Love Babs Love Talk. Hi, pleasure to meet you. Good morning. How are you? I am doing lovely. Thank you so much. How are you? That's it. How's the weather out there? I mean, it's been worse, that's for sure. Unseasonably warm, so I can't complain, you know? Officer McKernan, what's the word on the street this morning? Oh, nothing. So this morning, uh, we just got done with, um, we wrapped up the scene on Norton Street. Um, I obviously can't talk about ongoing investigations, but we just wrapped up the scene on Norton Street. It's actually been relatively busy. I've been working since midnight. Um, so it's been relatively busy for like the last eight hours or so. So, so you've been working since midnight. But now we're talking, it's after 10 o'clock. So usually an officer who's working at midnight works from 12 to 8, correct? That's C-shift. Right. So normally we work eight-hour shifts. So that would be midnight until 8 o'clock in the morning. But you're still here? Yep. How come? Because I picked up a double today. And is that because um, while we're a little bit short on staffing, we've been officers sometimes working double shifts? Absolutely. We actually have a lot of overtime right now. Um, because we're so understaffed. So if, if people don't pick up, then people are mandated to work overtime. So people kind of lower in seniority will be forced into working overtime. I'd rather be willing to pick up the overtime and be happy to help um, my fellow coworkers out. So I'll admit I was a little surprised when you told me you work a double shift because you seem pretty bright eyed. You, you seem more awake than I am. <laughs> how do you stay? How do you do a double shift? Like when you've been, it's been dark middle of the night, the whole city's yeah. asleep. Come back to life. You've been running around. How do you, how do you keep the energy up? Well, I've been on midnight for the past um, year, so my I'm kind of adapted to it. I have um, my normal kind of sleep schedule now and eating schedule and things like that. Um, so I I have adapted to it as well as you know it. The city's the, tonight in particular. The city was busy, so when it's busy, it's a lot easier to stay awake. It's not a lot easier when you're talking to people and you're interacting with the public and. Um, there were yeah, people yeah, to talk to like <laughs> at four in the morning. Was there anyone to talk oh, yeah. to? Yeah, he does not sleep. <laughs> now, as part of that, like, who do you talk to at four in the morning? Does it have to be a crime call or do you just see people around? Um, well, sometimes I work downtown. Uh, most of the time I work downtown. Um, and there's a lot of homeless people out, things like that. Uh, people that you can kind of just check in on, make sure they're good. Obviously, our coworkers, we all work together. We go to calls together. Um, so when we go to calls, you know, you always have a partner. And, um, yeah, and, and obviously people on calls, people in the area on the calls, things like that. So we try our best. So were you downtown overnight or is it two shifts, two different districts? So I work downtown overnight, but again, because we're so spread thin, we kind of end up all over the place. So even though I worked downtown last night, I ended up in Fairhaven. I ended up kind of all over the place last night. So now this morning, I'm here. So in other words, for this shift, you're assigned. Is this D5, D8? This is technically the 10 web whaley edgewood beaver hills yeah so it's a different kind of beat right yeah so yeah. overnight was it mostly checking in on homeless people or was there a crazy night um so it was but it was also we we help other districts out so we help each other out so although my primary beat is downtown 
I'll end up working all over the city wherever they need me. So obviously, if someone needs help on like a really important call in Fairhaven, I'm going to go help them in Fairhaven. I'm not just going to sit in downtown while they handle, you know, some crazy chaotic scenes. Um, and so we help each other out. Like we work as a team out here and we try our best to make sure no one's really left hanging. And so, yeah. So what do you do energy wise? So you finish one shift, it's 12 to eight. You're in night mode, your regular mode. Yeah. You're going to a second shift. Is there something like you pick up the eat or some kind of mental exercise you do for five minutes or a song you listen to something you do to, to get it revved back up? I mean, just like everyone else, when the sun comes up, I want coffee. So I always go get coffee. Where? I'm, I'm a big Dunkin' girl. I, I, not that, not to throw any shade on Starbucks, but I'm a big Dunkin' girl. So I always get Dunkin'. What kind? Like black or? I uh, no, I light and sweet. Just like me, light and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so you got, what time was that? What time was sun up? Uh, sun up, I think today, well, today it was a little bit different because I ended up on a team for going from midnight shift into day shift. So I was I was stuck out there on that scene for a while, and then I went from one scene right into another, because it's back to back today. Um, just the kind of day it was. But normally it's like around I don't know six six thirty. Uh huh. I'll I'll get coffee like right in between. So you were still on C shift, technically downtown. Do you go back to the station in between the double shift for lineup? Um, it depends on what's going on. Sometimes if I can make it, then I will. Um, a lot of what's going to be said during day lineup, I either heard during nighttime lineup or I worked through it on mm -hmm. C squad. Uh, so it can be a little bit repetitive if I go to both. Um, but if I can make it, then I do. And we have a lot of equipment changes too. Like we have our body cams and stuff like that that run out of battery. So you just walk Did you have to do that this morning? Yeah. So did you go back to the station? I haven't yet, but I still have 30%. So I'm okay. So this that. is from the first you shift. You caught me before I got a chance to yeah. go back. Now you did, you did get brunch, right? Where'd I you get did. that? Um, I went to Tropical Smoothie Cafe on Broadway. On, on Dick's, Dick's right well. after Broadway, yeah. but Dick's Well, yeah. What'd you get? I got a shake. Mm -hmm. What kind? Mm -hmm. Uh, chicken and cheese. Something All right. Crazy. How yeah. was it? And I got a smoothie. What kind? Um, this is mango. I think it's like mango mat. No, mango madness or tropical something. I always add a fat burner and an energizer. What's a fat burner? Fat burner. No, me. What is it? <laughs> it's like a supplement, like a powder that they add in. Yeah. I have to admit, they're not my favorite smoothies because I think they add sugar, don't they, or some kind of sweetener? I like Probably. the fruit. Probably. So, so how how long have you been an officer? Um, I've been an officer for four years. Four years. Mm -hmm. But you still work a midnight shift. How long does that take? I work midnight shift by choice. By choice. So, yeah. A lot of people don't like it, right? That's what you do early on. You say, I did my time. I did my midnight shift. Unless you're a supervisor again, right? Then you got to start over. Yeah. What, what do you like about midnight shift? Because I know sometimes sleep patterns get disrupted. So I like midnight shift because it gives me more time with my family during the day. Um, I don't have kids. A lot of people on midnights have kids. I don't, uh, but I'm getting married this year. So I've had a lot of wedding planning to do. I'm in a wedding next year, wedding planning to do with that. So it gives me the whole day open to do whatever I need to do. When do you sleep? Like how many hours? Um, normally I'll sleep during the evening. Sometimes I have to change it because I have other things going on in my personal life. But usually I'll sleep in the evening. So I'll sleep from like 3 o'clock at night to about maybe 10. I mean 3 p.m.? Yeah. So in other words, when you're off work, a lot of people, when they've worked late, you can't, I remember the small days reporting, you can't go right to bed, yeah. right? Because you're kind of, your body's been in sort of work mode, right? So it depends on the person. Some people, I know a lot of people, and when 
I first worked midnight. So I, I used to work midnights when I first got on and then I went back to evening um, and then I went back to midnight. So when I first got on midnights, I was the type of person I like to crash as soon as I got home. Um, and some people are still like that. They like to crash as soon as they get home. Um, for me, I like to stay up. It's hard because you have to push through like kind of like a wall where you want to go to sleep, but you don't really want to. And you're like back and forth push past the wall you'll be good to go you can stay up pretty much all day because you wake up with the sun body wants to so now you said a few moments ago that you actually like midnight you're probably kind of popular for that right what do you mean that you take those midnight shifts oh yeah probably so yeah. what is it that you like about midnight um the crew i work with is phenomenal the crew that we have on midnight is awesome we have um a lot of fun when we can um, like what would be fun like getting together uh just the calls that we go on together too like it's just good when you have a team that can work cohesively together let me put it but what about the schedule do you like the schedule do you like midnight schedule yeah i mean i like that i have per i have my own personal time during the day when everybody's up doing things when you're working evenings it, it gets a little tough because uh that's when you everyone does shift. dinner yeah, yeah. That, that's when everyone does dinner stuff like that everyone goes out so it's like hard working during that time you know Right now, I'm sleeping during that time because otherwise, I would be like a vampire. I would never see the sun, you know? What made you want to be an officer? Um, I actually became an officer because I liked crime scene investigation. So I went to school for forensic science and forensic technology. I actually have a master's degree. From um, UNH? Mm-hmm. Would you grow up around here? No, I grew up in New Jersey. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I um, grew up in New Jersey, came here for school, just never left basically and um, oh you came for UNH that we got you thanks to UNH yeah and then you saw they were let me ask you this do you hope one day to be in um be a vibe Bureau of investigation is that your yeah. goal yeah crime scene work is really what do you like about that um I like the the science in in the fact that it, it's to do something to help people like it's not just like chemistry in a lab somewhere it's out in the field and you're doing things that are truly making a difference in other people's lives. And I think that's why a lot of us got onto this job is to help make a difference in people's lives. But that was it. And then, you know, logistically, I like the puzzle piecing aspect of it. I like, you know, solving a crime, who did it, <laughs> you know, like that thing that all of us love to do, like forensic files, like all that stuff. Like, I love that stuff. Like, it's fun to solve some solve the crime what was the favorite moment you ever had as a cop so far in your four years oh that's or the moment you'll never forget um one moment i'll never forget that always occurs to me i uh, was i went to one of my first calls that i took uh i i still had my fco with me but i was on my own that's a field training officer yes, my field training officer i was but i was on my own so it was like one of the first calls that i took like where were you control of um, I was in Virginia, mm -hmm. and we went to a domestic, and um, it was two younger people. They were they were um, not minors; they were adults, but they were young, like you know, early twenties, even earlier than that, I think. And um, they, she had unfortunately been very badly abused by this young man, um, and had had bruises, everything, and we were able to really help her really, really go. And like, we went and we cleared all her stuff out of the house. She was staying with him. We went, we cleared all her stuff out of the house, got her out, her family with us. We all took all her stuff out. 
we all got her stuff out of there. And uh, she was so scared when we got there. And when we left, we, she was at her parents' house, out of his house entirely. And she, she and her, her family were so thankful, like genuinely, truly so thankful because of the way that we approached the situation. We didn't come in on cold or stern. We were really trying to help. And I came in like, hey, like, I'm so sorry this happened to you. Like, this shouldn't have to happen to you. And I want to help you. And so just the way that we approached it, she really appreciated it. So why is this one sticking in your mind four years later? I think because I, it was the first time that I saw and knew that I had helped somebody. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this girl is going to be with her family in her house. And this young man is going to have to get you know some kind of consequence for his behavior and maybe maybe because of our intervention maybe he realizes that this is unacceptable and now she's in a safe place so you started out wanting to be like i had done so you started out saying i like csi that's why i'd be an officer (laughs) then you're on the street you actually like help someone not get hurt did that broaden what your view of it or you had already kind of gotten there absolutely I never, ever thought I was going to do this job. This was not something I thought I was going to do. It's not something that I really wanted to do, but it's where my career path took me. And I said, well, if I never try, then I don't know. So if I try it and it doesn't work out, just like any other job, all right, I tried it, wasn't for me, I'll move on. But it just so happened that this has been like a really great thing. And I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed patrol a lot more than I thought I was going to enjoy. Well, you're volunteering for midnight shifts. Yeah. Yeah. Look at me go. And I'm volunteering for doubles. Look. So what's what's the best part about being on patrol? Uh, the best part about being on patrol is um, not to sound like a broken record, but truly being able to make a difference. If you really see things that you feel like, you know, things could be handled differently, people could be spoken to differently, or you want to... You want to be the person that is there for somebody in their hardest day, and you want to help make their hard day a little bit better. You have the opportunity. And right. that's like the coolest thing. Like, you do what you want to do. You know? So. Hey, Babs is very involved in um, operating a, home, a domestic shelter um, years oh. back. Babs, do you have any questions for Officer McKernan? So, what is your ambition? Because you sound like what we want policing to look like. Um, well, my, I mean, originally, like the whole reason I came here was just because I wanted to work crime scene. I love crime scene and I love crime scene for the reason that like, like I'm saying, like a lot of people say that they want to help people, you know, and a lot of people get onto this job because they want to help people and they're not wrong in saying that. And I don't think that, um, you know, they're lying about that, but it, it's hard to do it day in and day out. I'll say that because it's emotionally exhausting. You do this over and over again and you see people in their hardest time over and over again and people at their worst over and So and do you think hard- you could become a detective? Like, because that to me sounds like that would be ideal. Well, yeah, that, that is absolutely the goal. Yeah, absolutely. I, on, the, on the logistics thing, like logistically, yeah, that's what I would want to do. I want to become a detective. And um, I do CSI. Yeah, I do CSI. Yeah, I do I do that for years. Hopefully I get there and I just stay there for years. That would be the goal. <laughs> Babs, you haven't asked the question I thought you were going to ask, Babs. What? Who you get married to? 
Oh. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, that I'm a justice of the peace. So, you know, yeah, if you need. Justice, you go to New Hallville. She does it on her porch. Oh, or, or, or I can come to wherever you are in Connecticut or anywhere because now I'm an ordained minister so I can do it. Oh, congratulations. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Hey, now they, the body camera, Um, where do you have to go to switch it out? Do you have to go down, take a break and go to one union app? Yeah. Yeah, so it's down at one unit. We have a loading dock because when you take it off and you put it on the dock, it uploads all of the video footage. So it does everything right there. So all we got to do is take it off, put it on, take the other one out, put it on. Go. All right, Babs, we good to go for our first of the new year? Word yes, on the street this, at WNH. This is a, a you know what? This sets a good tone. I like it. Awesome. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm so happy that I could do that for you. Well, you know what? It is nice to sort of put another face on policing because i know it's been very difficult these last several years uh with you know with bad apples out there representing and to sort of see good apples out there is refreshing yeah absolutely we're out here so i'm um, i'm happy that uh i'm happy to be that person for y'all so babs this is officer mckernan and your reporter paul bass here at wnhh's word on the street right back to you and harry Thank you very much, Paul. Good way to start the new year. Good way to start the new year. Although, you know what, Harry? We got to get Paul to get on the schedule. <laughs> you know, we, we go to break at 10 o'clock. We come back at 10.15. So if I, if I hadn't come back to the computer, I would have missed him being on word on the street. So anyway, I'm just saying. <laughs> that was great. and uh, And I wish her... Uh, every success because we need people who actually uh, who really want to do this work and who who really care about this work. Do you know what I mean? Like policing requires uh, uh, a care for for people. So, so I'm very well, definitely, and she looks so young. I know. <laughs> I always, I'm I always like, girl, I to say, girl, how old are you? And she's, she's been on it for four years, Harry. So yeah. I didn't know they was letting people in at 12. Uh, you know, it's, it's weird, but uh, for a young female um, to, how do you go to a situation and then and command respect? Um, in this in this day and age, that's a tough well, job. Yeah, it is. I, I you know, policing is for a very specific kind of person, just like being a neurosurgeon. I mean, you know what I mean? It's for very so a very specific sort of person. Oh, I see public works is coming down my street. <laughs> well, you know, I can see her being a neurosurgeon. It's just harder to see young females be cops. Why? I know That's it's sexist, a, Harry. Sexist. No, I was just gonna say, I yeah, I fully accept that as a sexist point of view. But, but you gotta change that. Don't say but. Just like I don't know. It, but the thing is, is that reality is reality. That's how I see it. It's like, like I would, I would want to assist her. You know, that's how. If it just feels like she would like it's just different. You just, I don't I don't know what you mean. In those roles, um 
I guess you expect it for the people to to respect the uniform, but that's just not reality. People... What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> what am I talking about? I'm saying yes. a young lady. Top, it's just hard. It has to be harder for them. All right. <laughs> I mean, I this is just real talk. It's not. I don't. I. I think. I think she. Not blowing be, uh, smoke up nobody's butt. Um, I think she would be insulted by that because she seems like she is good at her job. And I, I'm sure. I'm sure. But I'm just and saying. We need people not to be insulting to them. <laughs> well, I mean, people get insulted for many th things. You know, yeah. uh, my perspective is my perspective. Um, I know I'm not saying it's not your perspective, Harry, but you're being insulted by saying that. No, I'm Even not. Even though it is your perspective, her you're perspective. talking to a woman. I I don't understand how she's she's not a she's not an alien. She she she's a woman, and what does that mean? There are women who do all sorts of things say, in the world. I didn't say she couldn't do the job. I'm just saying it has to be harder. Being a young woman and commanding respect when you're on the streets like that, and you and you're going into a dangerous situation, and you I think just, men command more respect? I think yes. When you're dealing with men, you know some men will see a young female and not not have the same amount of respect. Well, I don't know, Harry. She has a gun, so the, that part. So, I, and she's trained. So, so the, that's what I'm saying. You, so, the gun and the uniform is what you expect people to respect. I just don't see that in today's society. You know, I, I don't know how many how many times have you been in situations where people disrespect you in a crime scene? I I don't understand how you make that make that say I, that statement. You see, that's the, not your everyday life. So, how do you, you know? know? That you, this is the thing. Having a conversation like this makes no sense. I didn't say I was a cop. I didn't say I was a female cop. I'm just but saying. How do you get to say? I'm just saying. Looking nowadays, at what happens? Looking, just looking, you know, from my window view into society and the news and everything. It just has to be harder. I'm just saying know. that. Okay, I just. I don't, I don't I don't know what the I don't listen. Okay. I don't know what else to say about that because I, I I love seeing women as cops. Actually, women make very good I cops. I love seeing women do everything. That wasn't the point. No, I I I think she commands a great deal of respect, as as do a lot of women in their workplaces. <laughs> and there's a lot of women who have to fight their way through because men. <laughs> Not because of it's men. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Men haven't changed much. Well, I guess you better talk to your 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 uh to your uh, your men. You better talk to the men in the world. Get them gathered. Because <laughs> these women are gonna do these jobs. Who is that, Nora? Norma. Is that Norma. Hey, Norma. Happy New Year. You too, sweetie. <laughs> a healthy and a prosperous one. You thank you. I need it from from okay. your lips to God's ears. That's all I'm saying. You know, I can't wait to get outside. It's supposed to be so warm out. Looking forward to it. I want. I need this warm weather. I love a warm December, warm January. 
I'm happy to have this hope, this this warm weather. So I, I was um I was uh, commenting on uh Idris Elba is, has a cooking is gonna have a cooking show, <laughs> and uh, and it's a great deal of conversation on on uh, <laughs> on Facebook. So Idris Elba's cooking show has um sparks a bidding war between netflix disney and paramount plus <laughs> i i love that so you know i i'm here for it because you know i i am an aegis elva devotee and uh i have my friend um the cuban out in ohio it's like oh you just like a bass because he's sexy and i was like oh is he sexy i had noticed <laughs> So the article goes, it looks like actor Idris Elba is adding another talent to his impressive resume, TV chef. According to recent reports, Elba's in the early stages of developing a cooking show that focuses on exploring his roots in African cuisines. The series has reportedly garnered the attention of streaming giants like Netflix, Disney, and Paramount Plus, leading to a bidding war for the rights. Elba, who is known for his roles in the popular shows like Luther, which is coming back as a movie. Ooh, baby, I can't wait. And The Wire, as we all discovered him in The Wire, and then and then many years later, we found out he was British. <laughs> and we're like, what? <laughs> um, so um, he has always had a passion for food. In fact, he's even been vocal about his love for cooking in interviews and on social media. And, you know, he's a DJ too. So multi-talented, multifaceted. So it seems that this passion has now translated into a full-fledged TV series. According to an insider, Elba has enlisted the help of his personal chef, um, King uh, Inakima, to uh, create the show. Together, they are they have apparently developed a concept that will see Elba exploring the culinary roots of his favorite African foods while also showcasing his own cooking skills. It's not clear at this point exactly what format the show will take, but it is clear that Elba is excited to share his love of food with the wider audience. I, me too. <laughs> I would go around the world to see him eat any and everything. So that part. So in addition to focus on Elba's uh, culinary skills, the show is also rumored to delve into the actor's past and explore his family's heritage and culture. This aspect of the show is likely to add an additional layer of interest and depth to the series, making it more than just a standard cooking show. I love that because I guess... You know, his roots are African, and, uh, but, you know, they, like a lot of Africans, have migrated to uh, the UK, and uh, and he was raised in the UK. So as for the show will ultimately end up, that's what's up in the air. And so while Elba has a, a first look deal with Apple TV Plus and his production company, Green Door Pictures, he is reportedly able to take the show elsewhere. This has reportedly led to a bidding war between Netflix Disney and Paramount Plus, each with each streaming service hoping to secure the rights to the highly anticipated series. That's pretty damn good. I'm here for it. So if he likes to cook, I like to cook too. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to see Idris Elba in the kitchen and anywhere else, I might add? No shade, no disrespect to his wife. So whether or not Elba's cooking show will ultimately be a success remains to be seen. But one thing is certain, it will be interesting to see how the actor's passion for food translates into the small screen. 
With Elba's talent and charisma, there's no doubt that the show will be worth watching. It will be interesting to see which streaming service ultimately secures the rights to the series and when will it be available for viewers to enjoy. In the meantime, fans can look forward to the upcoming release of Luther movie on Netflix in March, which will see the actor reprising his role as Detective Chief Inspector John Luther. It looks like Elba is keeping busy with a variety of exciting projects. His cooking show is sure to be another success in his already impressive career. I'm here for it. Now, if I could get him into the Bond tuxedo, baby, shaken, not stirred. <laughs> so, so everybody has 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 been uh, uh, contemplating. Now, everybody is suddenly hungry, <laughs> which which I I'm one of them. So. For me, he could do no wrong. So if he gets in the kitchen, I'm watching. That's all I'm saying. So uh, that's exciting. That's exciting. That is exciting. Oh, happy birthday, Darlene Gates Savage. I didn't know today was your birthday. Well, happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. So she's a woman I, uh, who, who was a fan of the show. And, uh, and I met her at the wedding on Friday. Today's her birthday. So yay. It is a, it is birthday season. Happy birthday uh, to my Sora Evelise Ribeiro and and police commissioner, a woman, I might add. Uh, happy birthday to you. <laughs> happy birthday, and uh, so it's a bunch of birthdays today. But yay, which 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 is a bunch of birthdays every day. So uh, exciting. I appreciate all the birthdays. And I'll shout them out. Now that I'm about to turn 60, four months, four months, and I step into a new decade. Holy cow. Am I ready? You betcha. <laughs> I am ready, ready, ready. Ready, ready. I've known uh, Evelise Ribeiro even before I was married. So, so I've known her. Gosh, it's got to be, I want to say, closer to 30 years. You know, I think the first award I ever got was from when she was a Negro Business and Professionals. I think I uh, uh, I got the award and then I got it again 15, 20 years later. So that was very nice. Anyway, happy birthday, Evelise. Where's the turn up tonight? <laughs> and then don't give me this. Oh, it's Wednesday. I can't. Mm -mm. <laughs> mm -mm. Where's it? Where, where is it? Where are we turning up at? So. I can't turn them nowhere because I got applications that are done, got to be done, and I've got writing to do. You know, beast. I'm in beast mode, and and I submitted a proposal for something, so I got a lot of irons in the fire, which I'm not happy unless I do. So that's a that's a, a that's a given, and uh, and I got folks that I'm trying to catch up to um, this week, next week, and. Uh, uh, uh yay so um i've got um i've got commitments and i'm I'm having lunch with a good friend of mine uh marilyn kendricks who i so admire i love her freedom fighting and i love uh i've been wa i watched her journey um to become an ordained minister and i just loved it she has inspired me uh, you know, because it's later in life kind of stuff. And so I, I, I appreciate it greatly. And, uh, and so she's an inspiration to me. 
and and I enjoy talking to her. So we're having lunch on Thursday. I can flesh this out a little bit more about what I need from her. Um, and uh, and get all this done because it's a lot. <laughs> oh my God, it's a lot. So I've got some writing I got to finish. Uh, I'm waiting to hear back from some other commitments that I'm excited about. Um, and uh, I think 2023 is shaping up to be a hell of a year, a hell of a year already out the gate. And you know what? Those of us that are born in these times, we're meant for these times. I believe that. So whatever it is, bring it on. I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. So my goal is, what are my goal is? Take the challenge of uh, uh, 60 books and 60, 60 books this year. To read 60 books this year. <laughs> oh, ambition, ambition, how art thou? Uh, oh, how I love the ambition. So, uh, so I don't know. If, I mean, I could say whatever I want to say about it in terms of the books that I'm reading count. Because uh, I still have the stack from uh, from the reading challenge that Andrew and his sister Rebecca and I took on. And of the 10 books, I've read four of them. So, but I've added uh, Nicholas Dowdorf's book to the, to the pile. So, oh gosh, it's a lot. <laughs> you know, it's a lot. It's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. But, uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to buckle down and uh, do that. And, you know, I still have uh, access to, you know, access to law school stuff to get through. And that kicked back up this week. Uh, so I got to get ready for that. Uh, so I spend my time uh, the latter part of this weekend, the latter part of this week, uh, revisiting um, the uh, the LSAT that we took before break, the practice LSAT before break, and just going over the analysis of that, and then just trying to like catch myself back, get myself back into the groove of thinking uh, about the LSAT and what I need to do around around that stuff. So so my time is. Uh, premium. <laughs> so, so now that I party up to the new year, now it's time to like dial it back a little bit uh, because deadlines are coming and things have to be hit. And so I got to do all that work. So, so I'm saying, and listen, I'm having a good time. I don't, I'm not stressed about anything. Like there's no, I have no stress in my life. I'm not stressed about anything. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not unhappy about anything. I, I'm just rolling in the deep. <laughs> I am. I'm, now, an anvil, as y'all like, you know, I like to say, an anvil could fall on my head and kill me dead. That reminds me, I need to make a call to Karen Bellamy. It's time to get life insurance. I had life insurance. I let it lapse. Now I got to recommit to it. And I said that that was one of the things I'm going to do. And I'm not going to let January get by me without handling that because I just feel like the way people leave in this earth, I got to be fully, wholly prepared. Uh, I really do. So I'm going to make a call to her um, when I get to the office. It's like, you know what, can we talk? This is what I need. This is what I want to do. And uh, can you help me make that a reality? And then that'll be something, one, one more thing off my bucket list uh, because I need to uh I need to make sure I take care of that. Um and uh and and yeah. <laughs> of all the things. 
of all the things, of all the things. Uh, and I think I'm thinking about, uh, uh, you know, talking to Mike Moran, uh, I think I might buy myself a plot at the Grove Street Cemetery. And that was an odd thing to think about for the new year. But that's I, that's where I think I want to be interned. You know, even if it's my ashes, inter- I, I don't really, I used to think, well, I'll be cremated, but now I don't really care. Like, you know, I could I could be put in a lovely rose gold casket with a, a sequin lined uh, interior. <laughs> I, I would, I, I could, I could imagine that, you know, throw some stuff in there that I like that are important to me, you know, just not, not, not jewelry or anything, but like, you know, put some poems in there and journals. I, I don't know where I think I'm going with this, but now, you know, the Egyptians understood that, you know, when they buried people, they they put all the things, you know, they put lapis and uh, uh, jewels and stuff. I, I don't want to go that far. I, I could just, you just put a copy of my favorite book and a couple of things in there. And, you know, I don't know what eternity will be like, so I don't want to be without some good reading material. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so I think, I think I'm going to uh, have another conversation with Mike Moran because I think, I think uh, I might just buy myself a, uh, a plot at the uh, Grove Street Cemetery. I think that's where I want to be. It's right in the heart of New Haven and it's historical and there's a lot of black people in there uh, and I've yet to tour it. Um, but uh, I've been thinking about that and I thought, you know, that's probably where I would like to end up. And I know my my, my family are in, you know, Hamden and New Haven, Beaverdale and the other one. And But I, I think for me, I'd like to be like to be in the Grove Street Cemetery. So I don't think about that a little bit more. I don't have to think about it a little bit more. I need to make the arrangements and and uh and save some money and buy my plot. And I think that's what I'm gonna do for my my birthday. I, 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 on top of going to Marrakesh with my friends. <laughs> on, on top of going to Marrakesh, Morocco, North Africa with my friends and then um whatever afrochella becomes next year in ghana that's where i want to be for uh the new year i want to be back on the continent for the new year so uh so yes i gotta get so i can get my ducks in the row so paul do i get a raise so i can start saving that raise money so that i can go to africa again <laughs> at the end of the year <laughs> oh my gosh I'm just saying, and my friends, it is good to be back. It is good to be back. And thank you all for all the support. I I so appreciate when I'm out in these streets and people like what this show is. I I appreciate you. And I want to say thank you to all the people that come up to me, to all the people who send me messages, to all the people who text me, to all the people who listen, um, and, you know, uh, uh, periodically, for all the people who go back and listen. Uh, thank you so much. So I'm back tomorrow. Guess who is back on route? We have got to set the tone and call on the ancestors for their support. So he'll be with us tomorrow, 1015. And uh, y'all be good out here in these streets. And I I, I will uh, be back tomorrow. All right, Harry, goodbye. <laughs> Hi, this is Babs Rawls Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut. And you're listening to WNHHLP. 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. <laughs>